All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What the fuck wads? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. If you sense a slight differentiation in the sound, I got to hammer shit out because I'm back in the garage. I'm back in it. I'm back. I'm here. I'm in the new studio after we had all the work done because the city came down on me, man. Some of you know the trials and tribulations of a guy who bought a house with a garage that was already set up to record in and then only to find that moments after he bought the house, it was tagged by the city and he had to make it into an apartment. I'm sitting in it. I'm sitting and it sounds pretty great in here. It's pretty cozy. I'm very excited about it, actually. I have a new lease on life for some reason. I don't know why things aren't getting any better in the world, but for some reason, moving into the new place here, the new studio with the new rug, new floors, new door, all the uh, walls have sound insulation in them, double-paned windows. I got sound uh, curtains on a couple of the um, windows. I got my panels that Julian, the kid Julian built. He came over. going to resolve a little bit of bounce in here, but all in all, exciting and also i can make hot tea right here people can go to the bathroom right out here i could i could cook them fucking dinner in this place and they could shower if necessary so if there any of anybody out there any of you celebrities or people that might be interesting wrong way to put that people who i've talked about wanting to talk to you know who you are if you listen if it's any sort of a perk you can shower here I'll, I'll have towels. There's a full shower. I, I'll, you can cook here if you want to bring over some meat. We can cook it in the kitchen here at the studio. A lot of options now. A great refrigerator. Things. It's it's a whole different ball game here. I got closet space. If you want to if you want to store some stuff upstairs, you know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you, Albert Brooks. If you want to come over and shower and have something to eat and make it yourself, I or I'll cook it for you. We can do it all right here in this structure. Pretty exciting, isn't it? I would like to say this, though. I don't do many podcasts, but I did this kid, Rick Glassman. I don't know if you know him. He's a comedian, young guy. He was also on the show Undateable with Dalia and Funches. Uh, he asked me to be on his podcast. I did not know what to expect. Did not know there was a video element. Did not know it was goofy and weird. I should have assumed as much. But I decided to do the podcast. It's called Take Your Shoes Off. And you can listen to it uh, wherever you get your podcast or you can watch it on YouTube. You can get it through, I think, rickglassman.com. But it's a rare opportunity to see me pretty goofy. And I had a good time. And I did uh, goofy shit. And I liked the kid. But that's as far as I'm going to go. I have problems with him, which is one of the reasons I went on his show. But it was fun. And I don't say that too often. There's something wrong with me. Am I going down the what's what's going on? Is this the beginning of it? Also, live shows. Dean and I have a very good time on the road with or without you. So you can come or you don't have to. But we're going to have pretty good time anyways. But Orlando, Florida. I'm at the Hard Rock Live on February 14th. Valentine's Day. I will do some love material. I will talk about love in a way that'll make you happier with the person you're with. Then uh, in the next night, I'll be at Tampa, Florida, at the Straz, man. We're going to the Straz Center on February 15th. Portland, Maine at the State Theater, February 20th. Providence, Rhode Island at Columbus Theater, February 21st. 
uh, New Haven, Connecticut at College Street Music Hall, February 22nd, and Huntington, New York at the Paramount, February 23rd. You can go to WTFPod.com slash tour for links to all the venues. By the way, did I mention Dan Levy is on the show, not Daniel Levy. All right. It's not the guy from Schitt's Creek. It's not Eugene Levy's son. This is Daniel Levy. His parents are different than them. And I like this guy. I like this kid. Another kid I like. I guess I'm at that age where I can say I like this kid. Right? I can. Fuck it. I knew Dan Levy when he was a comic. Still, he's not much of a comic now, but he's the creator and executive producer of the new NBC comedy series, Indebted. The series premieres. It's tonight it premieres. February 6th. I didn't ask you for any information. Why does it just do that? Did I say something that would make Siri want to talk to me? What information do you have? Hello? All right. Yeah, tonight his, his show premieres. That's uh, it's February 6th. Yeah, it's tonight, 9.30, 8.30 Central. So not Daniel Levy. It's Dan Levy. That's got to be a fucking problem, right? Maybe it was insensitive of me to tweet uh, when it was announced that Rush Limbaugh had stage four cancer for me to tweet the human cancer got cancer. Maybe it was insensitive. It was funny to certain people. It was dark and uh, insensitive and cruel. Much like Rush Limbaugh. Hey, Folks, my neck hurts. Let's read some emails. Can we? This one, subject line, finding your roots versus State of the Union. Dear Mark, it's February 5th, the morning after the State of the Union, and I wanted to share this with you. My wife and I debated whether or not to watch the State of the Union. We are not fans of this POTUS, and his lies and mistruths make us squirm, but we also felt it the duty as an American to watch the speech. And then it hit us, why not watch something else that will inspire us and call to our, as the President Obama would say, better angels. So we pulled up your episode of Finding your roots. We love the series and find the guests' reactions to their history fascinating and compelling. Watching the roots of you, Terry Gross, and Jeff Goldblum unfold made me think what better example of America is there than the complicated story of immigration? It is the thread that weaves our national fabric together. It is our shared experiences, the highs and lows that holds us together despite our often deep-seated differences in ideology, which is why the current disparagement of immigrants and refugees is so saddening and disappointing. Imagine having risked everything to come here, the last land of hope and opportunity, only to be shunned and bullied by the current administration. Having seen the recaps of the State of the Union address, I feel we made the right choice. Enjoy all of your work, a fan Dirk in Nashville. Thanks for reaching out, Dirk, and I think you made the right choice as opposed to watching that professional wrestling-like shit show in the fucking Congress. Huh? Right there in the Capitol. Just the greatest heel of all time. Healing it up. Man. Here's another one. Waiting for the punch, my new Bible. Hey, Mark and Brendan, I've been a listener and fan since I was in high school. Your conversations on the podcast and your stand-up have helped me push through and navigate the fucked-up trips that come with being a depressed brown kid in L.A. with more addictions, and he'd like to admit I'm working on it. 
I got Waiting for the Punch when it was first released, plowed through it in one weekend and put it on a shelf. The book has since moved with me from place to place and most recently found a home on my work desk in Austin, Texas. Today was a particularly rough day, and before leaning into some bad habits, I decided to pick up the book. I don't know why. I haven't done this since the first read. Something compelled me to pick it up and flip to a random page. I landed in the addiction chapter on an excerpt from Rob Delaney. What a guy. In that moment, I was able to get a taste of the warmth and clarity that the podcast consistently offers, a reminder that I'm not alone, a reminder to be kinder to others and myself, a reminder that it's going to be okay. I know I'm a little late, but I just wanted to say thank you to you and Brendan. The book is incredible. I plan to keep using it as a tool for healing the way I assume people use the Bible or those positive affirmations books as I continue on the path to a better, healthier me. I think this approach to the book could help others too. So feel free to share. Viva Boomer, Elmer. Yes, Waiting for the Punch is available in paperback. Sometimes I get hardbacks I sell uh, signed, but uh, see, it is helpful. It helped me. Every one of the fucking conversations I've had on this show have helped me in some way, have made me a a more uh, empathetic, uh, wiser, um, smarter, um, happier person. And I'm glad that uh, that comes through. I'm glad that uh, that you guys feel that. So this Dan Levy guy. uh, Yeah, Dan Levy, the guy I talked to today. I never disliked him, but he always kind of had this, you know, kind of a precious haircut and disp- you know, kind of dressed kind of alty, emo-y. You know, his comedy was okay. He was always sort of around in the periphery. But I never had anything against him, and I never really knew him that well. But I always knew of him, and I always ran into him, and he's always been sort of over there. He's younger than me. But then I heard he kind of made a show, and I thought to myself, good for that fucking kid. I could, you, you know, it's like... These guys who kind of transitioned into writing and you know made a nice living for themselves, started families like normal fucking people. God bless them, and I don't even believe in God, but I want God to bless them. I'm I'm, I'm proud of them. I'm happy for these these youngsters that get out there and figure out how to have a responsible full life in fucking show business. Good for them. God damn it. And this Levy fella, he's one of them. So right now, let us talk to uh, Dan Levy, not Daniel Levy from Schitt's Creek, but Daniel Levy, the creator and executive producer of the new NBC comedy series, Indebted, which premieres tonight, February 6th at 9.30 p.m., 8.30 Central. This is me and Dan. You have an, an an issue with your name. Yes. It's a problem, buddy. Yeah. So you're not Daniel Levy. Uh, no, I'm not Daniel Levy. I'm Dan Levy. Levy. My, now, dad, my dad isn't Eugene Levy. My dad is Elliot Levy. Elliot, totally different. <laughs> Very different. Same spelling of the last name. Same spelling. American. I'm American. He's Canadian. And uh, yeah, but my, my dad was not... Yeah, he's not uh, Eugene Levy. <laughs> no, no, he's not. The famous Canadian comedic actor. No, he's... Uh, You're he's not a- Daniel Levy, the creator of Shit's Creek, who uh, acts in the show with his father. Yes, no, no. I am Dan, Dan Levy. Levy, 
Son of Elliot Levy, who does what? I, I'm a I'm a comedian. And I created Indebted. Yes, the new show on the NBC. New, right, but yes. your father does what? My father is a traveling traveling salesman, so he sells like he's still a traveling salesman. Yeah, he's hoping to retire soon. But yeah, he's been in sales his whole life. Uh huh. Yeah. So very different. <laughs> very different people. <laughs> and uh, so, in order to find out about you, you sort of have to do like Dan Levy. Yeah, you got to go. Comedian. Through. Yes, yes, yes. Dan Levy, comedian. Then you can find oh, me. Oh, you're Levy. I got to remember that. Yeah. But you're not Levi. Levy. No. Levy is the Canadian Levy's. Right. And then I guess <laughs> there was just like some guy named Dan Levy who was nominated for an Oscar as a composer. I was like, all right. Not that it. guy either. <laughs> no, not that guy. Well, you got one of those Jewish last names <laughs> that, know. Uh, you know, been around a while. I know. I should have just had a, I should have been like Dan Rivers or something when I was at Dick Doherty's Comedy Vault. <laughs> Dick Doherty, you're insecure. That's your problem. Yeah. You're another good looking kid who does comedy. Keep falling. Stop <laughs> falling. That's all I did at Dick Doherty's Comedy Vault. I would just fall on the stage to the point where I had to go to uh, the hospital because I had a giant bruise that was growing up my arm. And I was like, there's something wrong with me. And they're like, what have you been doing lately? And I was like, I do this tequila joke where I fall on the floor and uh, get up and fall again. And they're like, stop doing that. So wait, how do you... <laughs> it's like the old joke. Yeah. Doc, it hurts when I do this. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop doing, doing it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you did you... Wait a minute. So where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Stamford, Connecticut. But I have memories of you. I mean, like, I knew you. Yes. No, I rem my first memory of you was at the Gershwin Hotel. Um, oh, my God. And uh, it was an open mic. When they had that show there. Yes. And you were peering into the window. Really? Yes. And because uh, I think you were just dating Misha. I think it was like the beginning. Misha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. So you that, were... was, that was the beginning, I think. And I remember seeing you and being like, oh, there's Mark Maron. I'm going to go talk to him. And I was like, hey, and clearly you were not interested in talking to a 20-year-old comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and, I like, happened? and I was like, uh, what's going on? You're like, uh, n n nothing. No, the show looks good. I was like, yeah, I, I love your comedy. You're like, oh, I'm performing at Caroline's. And I was like, cool. And then you gave me your email. You're like, you can come. And I was like, all right, cool. Really? And then I emailed you and then I came and you didn't talk to me afterwards. I'm like, hey, I guess we're not going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> that was the story? That was the story. Well, then, you, had the, you had the Beatles haircut, like yeah, the I, John Lennon mid-period Right, yeah. I went through a lot of, well, what I, I think in the beginning, my first- my, my, my first look in stand-up was this giant, crazy spiked hair. Like, I had mm. giant spikes. And then I went to the swoop. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and then I think- yeah, Then you had that sort of hipster Beatles-y look. Yeah, thing. yeah, all terrible. <laughs> but so, wait, so was Mishnah on the show with you? Yeah, yeah. So we, that was the deal? That was why I was over there? Yeah, and I thought you were just, like, wanting to hang out with some cool comics, and uh, I was wrong. So that was probably- <laughs> So that was probably when we were sneaking around. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what I was. Maybe I was just messing up your whole sneaking situation. I was like, hey, there's Mark Marin." I think that might have been like, because we were kind of on the down low because there was an issue. We were both in a relationship with oh, people. Right. And I think that was one of those things where she's like, you know, when you're in doing the bad thing like that, yes. you're like, well, where can I see you? And yeah. she's like, well, I'm going to be out of the, like any sort of opportunity you had to see each other outside of the relationships you're in as opposed to just do the right thing and get out of those yeah you're like i'll just go i'll be I'll, yeah I'll hang yeah. out i'll yeah. see you at the, and i'll say hi and no one will say anything and i'm I like there's you. mark Marin. and you're like oh <laughs> fuck this kid's blowing my cover i don't know <laughs> what well, but yeah but i remember seeing you around a lot so you grew up in stanford how many like brothers and sisters uh, one brother what's that guy do he does actually, he have a different father named <laughs> the Eugene? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, no, he's uh, he's actually an agent. He's in New York, and uh, he's like 
works with comedy and writers in New York. Really? City. Yeah, yeah. What's that guy's name? Jonathan Levy. Huh? Not Levy. Jonathan Levy. And your mom was just they were were they married? Yeah, they were married, and uh, they were just like you know, classic, very you know, Jewish, super Jewish. My mom's like crazy obsessed with me, sort of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. We- <laughs> Like, from the very beginning? From the very beginning. Always been obsessed with you. Yeah, completely. Like, And still obsessed with you? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. oh, really? Oh, yeah. And your dad's just out selling things? Yeah, my dad's just like on the road. So like when I was first doing- Really? Yeah, it was a crazy life. And like when I first started doing the road, like the colleges was the first thing I got into. And I remember my dad was like, let, let, let me look at your schedule. I'm going to meet you. Really? <laughs> yeah, he would meet me in airports and stuff. And he Really? Would, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, What did he sell? Well, what does a went, traveling salesman sell? Well, in the in his in like the the height of the the career, he was like selling the magic bullet, which was that blender. Come on! Oh yeah, swear to God. So he would like go to malls. Uh, he'd go to supermarkets. Supermarket and stand there? Uh, no, not stand there. He'd go in the back and be like, oh, "You want you want, you want to buy seven thousand? Oh, so he's selling to retailers. He's not yeah, like yeah. out there like doing the demonstration. No, not demonstration. They're not his ideas, or else it would have been a different life for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, so he uh, he would do that, and then he looked at would look at my schedule when I was like starting touring, you know, and he like this is insane. You can't go like you can't be in you can't, you cannot be in like Long Island and then go to Florida and then go to Rhode Island. Like this doesn't make sense. And I was like, Dad, you don't get it. Okay, this is I'm like flying. paying my dues. Yeah, and then I remember I was in the mall. <laughs> I was paying my dues. And I remember I was in the mall, like in uh, Providence, you know, on that, and, and the Neon Entertainment, the college agency called me and they're like, started screaming at me. You know, I was like, I do not represent your fucking father. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, what happened? He's like, yeah. your dad just called me and said uh, that I don't know how to book colleges and, my, I, and, and he's going to send me a fucking map. I was like, <laughs> dad, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, I don't understand what you're doing. That guy's an idiot. I want to book your shows. And I was like, no, this is a nightmare. <laughs> he was going to manage you? Yeah. He, he wanted to be in charge of my schedule. Oh, my God. Which which college agent was that? That's memorable. That was, uh, it was Neon Entertainment. Hmm. It was, uh, I go to NACA, stand, stand, shake hands, and just do a bunch of colleges. Yeah. But your dad stepped in. My dad stepped in. And then the guy called you and was freaking out. Yeah, they did that all the time. I remember I wanted- Neon did? Yeah, ne- Neon. They'd call you and yell at you? They'd, yeah, they'd be like, what's going on? Like, you're, why, why is your dad forwarding me like, you know- Oh, your dad kept doing it. Yeah, my dad kept doing it. And then I was like, you got to stop because you don't understand. Like, this isn't sales. This is like comedy. Like, yeah. it's going to be terrible. And I have to like drive to, you know, Jamestown, New York and bomb and then come back. Oh my God. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to finish my smoothie. All right, do it. Do you drink smoothies? Yeah, I like smoothies. Do you drink with protein powder? Yeah, I mean, I go back and forth. I don't. I I just hate making them. <laughs> it's like I, that's the best part, making them. Really? You don't the, like them? Do you have a Vitamix? Um, no, I have a magic bullet. <laughs> I have an old magic bullet. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get a Vitamix. Yeah, I guess I should. You have an old magic bullet. An old it's ma- nostalgia for you? <laughs> no, this is what put me through college. <laughs> no, it's just. It's just, uh, I don't like cleaning the smoothies, so I just like go to a place, you know. I just don't know what's in um, protein powder. Like it seems like it, it's it's mysterious. And if I think about, it, I'm like, I get it's veg it's vegetarian, it's vegetable protein. I believe the label, but what do we know about them? We don't. I'm sure it's bad for every, everything. Ends up being like in like two years. Like, oh, if anyone ate ate whey protein, uh, you now have cancer. <laughs> like, God damn it. Oh, God. Is that true? <laughs> I hope not. I'm not vaping. <laughs> I know that. All right. So you're growing up. When did you start doing uh, the comedy? I, but I, let's, stick, let's stay with your father. So okay. you had 
Because I'm curious about that. So you had magic bullets at home? In the beginning, yeah. I mean, there was like periods. Like he was, you know, my dad actually wanted to be in show business. He came here in like 1978 or something. To LA? To LA. It was here Elliot for- Elliot Levy Elliot did? Levy came out here in 1978 and was like, I want to be in show business. And- uh, What was his plan? His, he didn't have a plan. And Acting? He, uh, Singing, I, like producing. Oh, so he's going to produce. He was going to. He was just going to show up with a suitcase and be like, "I'm ready to produce." <laughs> Even though, like in 1978, it kind of seemed that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might have been. That was, yeah, that was the transition. Yeah, and then uh, he was here for six months, and then like my family was like, "You got to come back to New York and sell belts." What are you doing in L.A.? Sell belts. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So your grandparents were in the belt business. My my uncle was. Your uncle was in the belt business. Yeah. He was like the uh, on the in the fashion district. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Knockoff belts. Knockoff belts. All that stuff. So then yeah. so then he had no choice because he didn't have any money or anything. So they moved back. They moved So your it, father was this wayward brother <laughs> yeah. who was sort of like, you know, the dreamer. Yeah, kinda. And your grandfather was in the fashion business? M- yeah, my uncle was. Yeah. So they just But how'd he get in? How'd your uncle get in? This is your dad's brother? No, it's my dad it's my mom's sister's brother. My, it's husband. Husband, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like second, it's once removed. Yes. Yeah, so so you your don't dad's want... really like, it was a problem if your mom, his wife's sister's brother is there, like there's concern throughout the family. He's got kids. Oh, and yeah. he ran to LA. No, it was, uh, well, he didn't have kids yet. He was about to have a kid. In so 78. Uh, yeah. How I'm, old was he? I'm, in his 20s? Yeah. And I was, uh, I was born in 81. So then they, they came back to Stanford because that's where they lived. And he just- He took your mother out there? Yeah. Yeah. She to met To LA? Yeah. For like six months, they lived. But on... they met in the East Coast. Yeah, they met in at sleepaway camp. And you're at sleepaway camp. Yeah, they've been together since they're fifteen. That's crazy. It's insane. So yeah. your mom's father's in the fashion business. <laughs> no one's in the fashion business. No, but your mom's sister's husband. Yeah, was in the knockoff like you know the, the knockoff belts. belt business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad, he he gives up his vague production dream. Yeah, and he's like, all right, I guess. What, does he have any stories from out here? I mean, not, no, I guess that they lived on, uh, where'd they live? Like, they lived off, they like Sunset and La Brea. But was he just out of college or something? What was the, like, what did he do before that? No, nothing. This was what he always wanted to do. He got married and they're like, he's like, I'm going to go to LA, I'm going to do this. And he came to LA, he met one guy, this guy, Steve, who's like a second AD. That was his connection. That was my connection. When I moved to LA, he's like, call Steve. And I met Steve and he was a second AD. And he was like, uh, this is very hard. And I was like, okay, thanks. And that was it. Steve. <laughs> yeah. Do you still talk to him? I, I don't. I don't. He wasn't. There was one time where I was making like a, a web series for Comedy Central and I called him to like help me. Yeah. And uh, my budget was like $3,000. Yeah. And I sent him the script and he's like, I looked it over. I'm going to need $300,000 and you're going to need 30 days. And I was like, all right, Steve, I'm, I'm literally never going to talk to you again. <laughs> So how did your dad know Steve? He just I guess he had he had a job on he had he had a job when he first got here and he just met him there. I forget what the, I don't know what the job you know, was. Really? <laughs> I don't know, but so it was, he didn't come out here completely blind. Yeah, he just uh he had one job. Yeah, one, one but job. You don't know what the job was. Now what the job was. It was, was in show business. It was in show business, yeah. <laughs> and then and then he like, you know, went back just not not wanting to go back, but they went back and then he started working in belts and you know, this whole business and in uh, New York in the 80s and then that was good and then like he basically realized that he made a lot of money. I think he made okay money in, but in the beginning. Your, but your your sis, your mother's sister's brother probably made some money, huh? 
I, th- I think so. I'm not, you don't know? They, it seemed like a big time for knockoff CDs. It did, but it didn't seem... I mean, no one... It didn't seem that way based on everyone's lifestyle, to oh, be yeah, honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Growing up, you didn't think like... You didn't go over to that guy's house and go like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. no one lived on Long Island? No, no one No one lived on Long Island. They were just like uh, in Connecticut and it was, you uh, know, it was fine. All right. And then, uh, yeah. And then, and then I think at one point, like my dad was like, I don't want to do this. And then try to like get into like you know, just random Connecticut production work. And I was like- What? Yeah, yeah. How old are you? I was probably like 12. And he just wanted, like, he's like, is there a film shooting here? <laughs> he, yeah, he basically was like, I'm going to try to, like, do production. And I was 12, and I know what he was talking about. I was like, okay. And then that was him just basically not working for a decade. <laughs> and then- Okay. And, yeah. And then- uh, So is your mom working? Yeah, my mom was in, like, uh, education. So my mom was, you know, running a- That's vague. What? She, she worked for Head Start. Oh, okay. And then, uh, so she did that pretty much the whole time. As oh. my dad sort of figured out um, that he was mad that he wasn't in L.A. and he left and then- and then he got it back into sales like later in the 90s. So after the decade of production, local yeah. production. Well, yeah, we're try- he was just trying to figure it out. Like looking back, he was just trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's he now? Now he's good. Now he's like, yeah, now he's very chill. I mean, he always was a huge stoner, like my whole life. Like I remember like going to a concert for the first time and like smelling weed and being like, oh, daddy like that's what he is <laughs> so he used to like i think during that time how old is he he's 68 so he's like a bona fide kind of um 10 12 years older than me so he's like you know like a 60s guy kind of kind of almost 70s maybe yeah he's just like a, a stoner yeah a stoner and like i think music like, guy He's not no baseball guy. Oh. Just loves baseball and loved David Letterman. That's like really what I remember. Just he would like read the baseball encyclopedia yeah. and then laugh really loud at Letterman and then go to sleep and then go and then start his day again. <laughs> and that was it. So he like scre- you know he was he screamed at us constantly when we were younger and I feel like that was part of like his pro- frustration. His frustration. But now I think he's gotten older and he's you know he's happy and he's just high and he's just chilling. He's he umpires on the weekends to like. Oh yeah. He he loves umpiring. What's he, your mom do? Still the. My mom's just... retired now, so my mom just chills and just calls me constantly and tells me about her friends' kids. I don't know and you know their IVF and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so this is your life. This is my life. But it doesn't seem like there was a lot of like you, you didn't you're not traumatized. No, I mean I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm traumatized, but I think like part of probably like my my drive to like succeed and all that kind of yeah. stuff probably comes from that time in my life where like I look back and like- my, I don't want to be him. Like my dad, yeah, like what, what was he, you know, he, he wasn't, you know, he always says like he's like, he jokes around, but he's like, I wish I knew you when I moved to LA, you know, because like, you to know, you. to me, like yeah. he wished he had my, he, wish, he, he wishes that I was his connection. <laughs> Because so, you know he looks back, he lives vicariously through me. So he's you know? a little self-involved. <laughs> I mean, I think they. Yeah, I think everyone is right. No, yeah. no, I know. I mean, they are, but to a degree where he still like looks back at, as at, that there was this weird kind of missed opportunity, like that things didn't work out for him somehow. Yeah, like he talks about. You know, he talks about that. as you get older, you think about that. But I think like me and like my career has like been so awesome for him, especially oh, the really? shows like based on my parents. So it's like he, this you know, one. Yeah, this show. Yeah. yeah. So he gets to like you know hang out with Stephen Weber and tell him to wear an Abraham Lincoln shirt. And like, you know, he likes that. So he, he, and he's, they've always been good with that with like early on in my stand up, he would like drive me, you know, like back and forth. So you didn't go to college? I did. I went to Emerson. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you're in Stanford and then you decide you want to pursue show business or entertainment or yeah. Emerson's a show business school. Really? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. But they had the bread to get, put you in Emerson. So you must yeah. have done all right with the 
Magic bullets. Yeah, we got you know got got college loans, all that kind of stuff. You know, oh, you did. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we and then I went to. Uh, and you you went through the full four years in Emerson. I did like three and a half, but I did finish. But I I just got through it just quickly because I was just like dying to get to LA and, do, and perform. Like I was just so focused. Like at Emerson, like all I did was stand up. Like really, was like, that was the that was the dream. Why did you choose Emerson? You'd heard what? I heard that comedians went there. And like I, who? And I, um, David Cross, yeah, Dennis Leary, exactly. Mm. I, I think Stephen Wright. Yeah, Stephen maybe. Wright. Yes, yeah, Stephen Wright. Eddie Brill. Eddie Brill, of course. Uh, <laughs> Mike Bent, the magician. He taught Mike a comedy Bent. class. <laughs> yes, Mike Bent. Uh, yeah. So that's right. Leary taught there, and Bent. Mike Bent is my generation. He taught there as he well. He taught me. Yeah, he taught me. He taught me. He taught me like a comedy class. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So what are the classes you take in Emerson? This uh, is when there was only one Emerson. It was down on. Beacon or wherever, yeah, or Commonwealth. Where was this? Down right by the Fenway, kind of. Yeah, it was uh, when Not I really by it, the bridge there. It was off of uh, Beacon Street, wasn't that it? That was yeah. When I was there, it was still Beacon, and it was also Boylston and Tremont, and now it's the entire Boylston Street. Right, and there's one here too, I think. Yeah, there's one in L.A. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, when so I just went there because I was like, comedy will. That's where comedy is, and uh, I just just and like day one, I went to the open mic, which yeah. was the Dick Dory's Comedy Vault. I met. Dan Mintz, you know, 20 years ago that night, and we became like good friends. Oh, I haven't heard his name in a while. How's he doing? He's doing great. You know, he's the voice of Tina on Bob's Burgers, and he, uh, right. Yeah, but what's he doing? Like, is he producing something or doing? He writes on my show. Oh, he does. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. And, um, uh, and we just I performed that night, and then I basically did stand up like every, like, I don't know, it was like 14 times a week. I was like, open mic, comedy studio, comedy. The comedy connection was still Faneuil Hall, and it was just like nonstop. I was just, it was it was insane. Compulsive. Compulsive. I was psychotically obsessed with it. So who was your generation there in Boston, though? So Mintz, what, he's not from that area, is he? Well, he's from Alaska, but he started at um, at that time, yeah. And he got, you're dealing with Dick Dougherty, who I dealt with. Yeah, Dick Dougherty. He'd come in the back with his weird hat, and he would just sort of judge you. And then Joey was at the Comedy Connection with a stopwatch, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, I don't if know he, Joey. Joey, yeah, I don't know where he is. Oliver was the guy when, at the Comedy Connection. Yeah. I, I hated him. He'd yeah, he'd stand there with the stopwatch, and if you went like I remember one time, if you go over, if you went over your seven minutes, one time I went seven sixteen, and he on was, an open mic, on an open mic, yeah, mm-hmm. it was the uh, Robbie Prince show, yeah. so it wasn't, yeah, and it, and he would he would be like, and I'd be like, oh, fuck, I was so excited, killed, and he'd be like, you fucking went sixteen seconds over, you never fucking coming back to this fucking place again, it's insane. Robbie Prince started when I was there. Yeah, he was a kid. I think he won a contest or something. Yeah, he used to do a song to close. Yeah, he did a Trader Joe's joke there. I remember and didn't get it. He did a song to the uh, to a Billy Joel song. I think he's like, I don't like the bossing. <laughs> it's full of sleazes. You can get diseases. Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> and Kevin Knox was 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 there. Knoxie, Knoxie. Yeah, he was just uh, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Uh, and yeah. uh, and Gary Goldman was just like he was the big, he was the big guy. Like when I got to Boston '99, he already was like head to LA, did the Tonight Show. Goldman, Goldman, yeah, no kidding, yeah, yeah. And he was and Eugene what year Merman. Is this? this was '99. So Goldman, because I missed Goldman's rise to whatever. I met Goldman fully formed at a different time. So he was a guy that and Eugene Merman. That was a different scene because that's the one thing you had in Boston was like you had the comedy studio alt scene later on but then you had the the kind of provincial uh dug in boston thing yeah Nick's, like 
Nick's right. comedy right. stopping. Right, the Nazis and the Mermans don't cross. No, but but I was, you know, I was so young and I didn't even, I was just so like perform anywhere, so I would just bounce back and forth. You know, I'd be like, right. a, I'd open like Adam Ferrara Comedy Connection, then I'd be like performing on a rug in front of five people, like, you know, in, in Harvard Square somewhere. Right, know? so they had that stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. And then when did you decide, so so you... So you rushed, you you stacked your classes so you could get out early? Yeah, I rushed. Because then I basically in, uh, I think I was a, when I was 20, I got selected to be in the Aspen Comedy Festival, the funniest college comedian thing. Uh. And uh, and I got flown to Aspen. I was like 20 and it was like this- From New York? From Boston. Oh, and it was just, you're still in college. I'm still in college. Yeah. And I went and it was like the first time where it was like, you know, in like a real like serious like- industry event sort of thing but whose festival was it then was it, it was, still hbo it was hbo yeah lou viola saw me at comedy connection because <laughs> his daughter went to school in boston i think oh, okay yeah so yeah. he came so and, he was scouting around yeah lou with his long gray hair and yeah. beard exactly this fucking lou viola oh. what's he up to now i don't know but i remember just being like oh my god it's lou viola <laughs> i know i remember that i had the same feeling about <laughs> lou viola like, these people that used to be important i know then you look back and you're like why the fuck did i was like freaking out freaking out freaking out well, sweating well, because they, they, these people at, the, at different moments have power, right? So he had power over that thing. Yeah. And of course, it was reasonable to freak out. You wanted to do the thing. Oh, my God. I but remember. then if you live long enough, you're like, that's the guy that used to be the thing guy? Yeah, I think he's like a pot farmer now. I don't, I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, it's like you care so much about these people. And then it's like, oh, you I, don't even, you're not even I, around. I know. I remember that. I remember running into him again. And he was like, he's not even in the business or something. Yeah, that, that, that happens where you like get so stressed out. And then you meet. I remember there was some also like some executive sometime who was like killing me. And then I remember finding out he's like, Oh yeah, he works. He works in fashion now. I'm like, well, he, he's giving comedy notes for five years. <laughs> <laughs> he's out. He's out. Oh my god, that's so true. Yeah, there was always those people. I had a I had a fundamental disrespect for the other side of the business that didn't really benefit me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> What are you aware of? <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't understand that you, you you had to you know kind of reach across. Yeah, I know. You know that I mean, about me. I, yeah, you've I mean, heard. Yeah, I've heard. You're, you're, like you're, from you right. on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for years. You've, for years and years. Been talking about it for years. <laughs> it's like Adam Carolla and his construction job. It happened a long time ago. It's clearly life defining, but you should be over it by now. Yeah, but you're not, and that's fine. That's what makes it you. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> so Lou Viola gets you the gig in Aspen. Yeah. And, and it, then everything changes? And I mean, I think everything changes. You know, like I go to Aspen, I perform uh -huh. this thing. I, who I'm, else is on it? Um, it was a bunch of college comics. I, the only comedian who I, the only person who still does stand up is Matt Goldich, who's a funny guy who writes on Seth Meyers' show. Uh -huh. But but that was, it was, you know, we were all like 19, like college college kids. And none of them are around anymore? Uh, no, no. Hmm. And, uh, and then uh, I won that. And then I you won it. I won it. Like I was like I won. You know, with yeah. my disc man, like listening to Green Day, getting pumped for the shows. And I won that. And then I got put on like another show with like like the regular. You know, because I was a college winner, yeah. so I got put on like the show with like Geraldo and Gaffigan, and like clearly was not as good as those guys, <laughs> but thought I was. Right. And that's sort of what you know drove my. Did you do uh, all right on that show? Though? I did okay. Yeah, I did yeah. okay. But I was in Aspen. Cause it's hard to perform there. Yeah, it was. It's a terrible place to do comedy. You can't breathe. Audience. 
Canadian sister terrible. And... Yeah, it's not not great. It's like yeah. rich people and executives, and you yeah. can't breathe. Ski people and <laughs> yeah. locals. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it was just this sort of like amazing experience because I was super young. It was my first real experience with like show business, show business yeah. in a way where like Steve Martin was there. Like I was yeah. like, and I was walking up to people, the, the Wayne's Brothers in Elevator. I was like, yeah. hey, I'm Dan. I just won this festival thing, and they're like, we don't give a shit. But I was <laughs> yeah. so happy. I'm, I was the same way. Where you're like, I'm here, and they're like, what? Yeah, no one cares. And well, it's like, but you realize as you, like now. When you when you meet these people and you're working in the business, you're on shows forever. That uh, this is just the job. This is their life. Yeah. Right. So that and you're like, I did it. And they're yeah. like, what? What did you, you, know, yeah, you, you do? You did nothing. You're here. You, you got. You flew. You took a terrible, scary flight to Aspen. <laughs> you dipped into the into the like weird the the jet and, and dropped into the bowl there. Yeah. And you're performing in a, in a ballroom. Yeah. In a place that's not good for comedy. Yeah. Oh, you performed in the ballroom, like at the, the at that hotel. Yeah. Exactly. George Lopez introduced me oh good yeah. well there you go that's there exciting go. yeah it was a good time yeah yeah he's a nice guy um at the hotel what was that the jerome yes yeah yeah i went to that a couple times i don't I mean, yeah, that must have been near the end of it it was it was because then that that was it but then i remember being so upset because i did that and then the next year was montreal and I couldn't do new faces because technically I was I was done. So I went and just did it. And that's where I saw you again for the second time. And I didn't see you since the Gershwin. I remember being like, hey, Mark. And you're like, ah, look at you, you shiny fuck. <laughs> you're always pretty well put together. <laughs> yeah. Did I say that? I believe, something like yeah, something. I remember everything <laughs> that people say to me because I was like, there he goes. We're friends. <laughs> hey, you're, well, I always, I, I thought like that kid's got his shit together and he's clearly puts a lot of effort into, you know, dressing and whatnot. Yeah. Like yeah. you had a thing going, yeah, and I and I decided that you were like not part of the problem, but that like I was gonna, <laughs> for some reason, just bust your balls. Yeah, but yeah. I loved it. Yeah, 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 because I remember seeing you at different points. So in Montreal, then what happened? Then Montreal, and then, then at that point, I had like you know, like I had all, and so the Montreal thing was basically I had like my managers. Were and, you like I? But I won in Aspen. But, <laughs> come on, can I yeah, just? I'm, yeah, and oh, it was so. Who's the manager? The manager, at, oh, that was, I got, I went with Brillstein. I, I was Brillstein at that point. With Bernie? No, no, no. Oh. It was- uh, which, which guy? It was Tim Sarkis was my manager. Sarkis, that's yeah. good. That's the David Cross, John yeah, Groff. That's exactly. Pedig that's pedigree. Is he still your guy? He's not my guy, oh. but uh, but he's a good guy. Yeah. He, you know, I just was so new. Sarkis signed you. Where'd he sign you? He signed Out me. Out of Aspen? Um, yeah, in, I, came, I did that, and then I came for like my first generals in LA, and I met him then, and then he signed me there. Uh -huh. And uh, so the so people were banking on you. People were banking Sarkis on me. Sarkis doesn't fuck around. Sarkis doesn't fuck around. Sarkis wouldn't sign me. <laughs> you weren't as shiny. No, I definitely was not. Shiny. I was problematic. <laughs> I had to go into Dave Becky's office when he wasn't even a real manager yet. <laughs> he was still working at the Improv. No, it was after that. He was a he's sort of a half a manager at Jimmy Miller's company. Right. You know, and he and I and I knew he managed Tom Rhodes, so I was sort of like, he'll manage you, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> I go in there. I'm like, "Come on, you manage Rose." And he sat me down in front of Jimmy Miller. Wow. Jimmy Miller looked at me and goes, "I see a little good and a little bad." <laughs> oh yeah. wow! But we're all friends now. Yeah, it it's all one worked. of those things. It all worked out. Yeah, it worked out okay. Tim, yeah, some people are bigger than me, make a lot more money. But yeah, I found my way. Yeah, it all it's in my out. house. It yeah, turns out. Look at it. It's so nice. I love this <laughs> so, place. It turns out it's just in my house. It's I gotta move to this it's neighborhood. In my garage. Yeah. What neighborhood do you live in? You don't have to say because people probably. Confuse you with the other Dan Levy. And <laughs> yeah, and then go to that neighborhood looking neighborhood. for him, and you'll go outside and go like, "No, it's the other it's guy." The and other I don't know guy. where he lives. My dad's Elliot for the twenty fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so Sarkis is 
He's your guy in Montreal. He's my guy, um, but he was so my guy, I believe, in Montreal, he didn't come, and someone else from the well, company. That's, you know, that's kind of... <laughs> so, okay. Because I realized, you know, I, I first... So Sarkis was... He, that, that's what they, they, he said, like, yeah, you're the guy. And then immediately he's like, hey, take care of this kid, you know, because I haven't got, I got Dave Cross business and, uh, yeah, and he's 20. John Groff business. <laughs> yeah. So who, who did he put you on? Who did he? Um, and then there was this guy. Who's the, then, the guy, the guy. The other guy was this guy, Jay. Yeah. And then, he, and then, then my, my friend Brad was also like uh, interning and he was, it, it, it was not a good so, situation. So Brad ended up managing you? <laughs> no, he was just the guy I talked to and be like, hey, is it normal that managers don't call their clients back? It is, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. And then, but it's awful. It's awful. And yeah. I remember that, that year I just would call him constantly and he wouldn't call Tim. me back. Yeah. And then for Christmas, I got, gave him a phone and I remember he called me. He's like, people are, are laughing so hard about the phone. I right. was like, that's so funny, but honestly, call me back. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they they always do that where they, they they then they like knowing that you're frustrated and you, you you break through with something clever and funny and they acknowledge it but then they go right back to right not back. taking your call exactly like, yeah, have, yeah it's so funny uh, take care of yourself <laughs> good luck out there yeah. <laughs> so how how many years was it before you realized like i gotta find someone who takes my calls Oh, several. I think it was probably like five years or something. Oh, yeah. I was with Becky for twenty years. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I was almost. I was almost with three. No, I was with three yards. I was with three yards, uh, like a couple of years ago. But oh, I, yeah. I've been. I've been through. You know, I've been through all the managers. I, I like them all. But now I don't have a manager, and it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you don't need one. I mean, not right. I, got a lawyer. Yeah, I got a lawyer. And I an got agent. I got friends. I don't know. I yeah. feel like I call people because. But you're writing, thing. so like you know, what yeah. are you going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. And but now, well, it seems like you should. Man, maybe not. You're a showrunner now. Yeah, I'm a showrunner. I mean, I still go out and you know perf- perform every once no, in a while. But no but one cares. No one cares. <laughs> no one's no 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 one's filling a theater to be like, oh yeah, let, let, let's go check out the showrunner of Indebted <laughs> and see what he has to say. He has some jokes from 2007. <laughs> but he used to write on the Goldbergs. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got Goldberg jokes. I got all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I didn't mean to be mean, but see, that's what you bring out of me. Like, there's a moment. There. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's like the old days. Yeah, we're when back. Said, no one cares. We're, we're back. back. You're yeah. sneaking around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blowing your spot. You're making fun of me. Yeah, it's great. But but what does happen? Because like, who did I talk to? Was it Ad? Who was in here? Adam Pally. Pally. Yeah. Because yeah. he's on the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's the show. He yeah. is the show. Yeah, he's on the show. Yeah, he he is. He's he's the main guy. He's the guy. He's playing uh, not you. He's playing a he's playing a ver- version of me. Yeah, yeah, just like how they're playing a version of my family. Yeah. Um, but this didn't really ha- did it really happen? The, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, not not exactly what happened, but basically, you know, we talked a little bit about like my my parents, sort of like you know how they've lived their life, and then um about like a year yeah like a year and a half ago I was talking to them about you know long term healthcare because I have a lot of friends who are sort of like dealing, dealing with, with their folks dealing with their folks and yeah. I was like so do you guys have that like what's your plan and my mom was <laughs> like no <laughs> and I was like what she's like we'll come out to California you know and I was like what do you mean you'll come out to California <laughs> yeah she's like we can hang out you know we can live here you know it's fine it's fine you're so great and I was like mom no it's not no like she's her whole thing is like she just thinks I'm so like successful and everything is just I'm gonna take care of everything and I was like we need to make a plan like there you guys cannot just move in with me and my family like yeah because like you're you you want to come to California from? She's from New York she's from Brooklyn yeah oh so yeah she actually talks like she that. actually talks like that that's so, why Fran Drescher is playing her <laughs> she actually talks like a Brooklyn Jewish lady oh yeah totally oh wow yeah 
So their plan was sort of like, he's successful and he's got a place in his house and we'll live there. Yeah, but I don't really. That's what that was a thing. Like it's a, it's, it's what there wasn't really like a, a place. So I was like, we need to, you know, sort of sit you down and figure it out. So we kind yeah. of started like organizing like their retirement and their sort of plan. And that's when I was like, I should pitch the show because this is insane. So are they here? No, now they're, they're in Connecticut, but they're oh. getting ready to, you know, they, they, they want to move here, but they're not sure because my brother's got a baby in Brooklyn. It's a whole thing. But you got babies here, right? I got babies here, yeah. How many babies? I got a, not really babies, but I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. How old's your brother's kids? A baby, like three months old. Oh, well, yours are going to remember them. <laughs> they should, <laughs> Trust they should me. come out here for a few years, and then when that kid, the brother's kid turns into a person- And ship them back. Yeah, go back yeah, there. Come on. <laughs> There's a plan. I made the plan. <laughs> Thank you. Go go call my mom. She'll be happy to talk to you. But all right. So, but after like the thing is, is like it's this is one of those situations where they asked me like, do you want to talk to uh, you know, uh, Dan uh, Levy? Yeah. <laughs> Not Levy. I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> but like, you know, when I knew you, you're like just this kid with a haircut. <laughs> And then, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, what the fuck is he running? He made a show? <laughs> he's running a th- He's one of those guys that figured this out, a way to <laughs> make a living without drag, you know, wandering around the city, well, it was, doing the road. Really, what happened was I was on the, I was, like, on the road, like, in 2000, like- I remember you were trying. Yeah, I was trying hard. I was everywhere. <laughs> and I had a million miles. I was, you know, performing wherever I could. I but, was doing the Comedy Central Presents and with bangs. You know, I was doing all that stuff. the bangs, right. Bangs. So- and a but, vest. And oh, then I, it was- I just did a special with a vest. Was that a mistake for you? A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> Dude. I feel like it's going to be a mistake for me too. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Because I bought the vest and I thought this looks pretty good, but I haven't worn it since I did the special. Oh yeah, I, I can't, don't know why I do that. I can't ever do any throwback Thursdays because it's completely embarrassing, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to just. But we, you were like, so we have things in common. So you like, you're the guy that bought the thing for the special and never wore it again. <laughs> yeah, I can't wear. You don't. I mean, you should Google Dan Levy Comedy Center presents. I did a. Uh, I wore like a. I wore a suit. I did. A, I did a. I did a special like four, three years ago, whatever it yeah. was, and I wore a nice suit. And that, that, that's a good look. But, but anyways, yeah, it was, I was, you know, trying, I was on the road, I was doing all, all the things. And then, um, I was always like, you know, writing scripts and stuff. And then it was the year that I wrote a script. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You see, look at it. That's dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, everything's. <laughs> everything's bad in that picture. <laughs> Yeah, just don't even. It's but not. you know it's horrible. You look a lot like me. Yeah, remember people used to say that. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like that must have been why I was like, I like that guy somehow. We're connected because <laughs> he's like a little version of me. Yeah, somehow. yeah. But I had hair like that too. But this was not, and you were pudgy. Yeah, I think. Well, I wouldn't say I was pudgy, but no? I, I mean, I guess I was a little bit. Maybe it was something about the vest. And <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wasn't working out or anything. I was just sort of, you know. Eating but candy. You, you know, you had sort of this kind of like early alt rock thing going, you know, right? Yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> I was just sort of grasping at straws. I think I was like, I'll wear this vest. I'll take this haircut. You know, I always was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who in, am I? Maybe this will make it clear. <laughs> and it did not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a bold look with the tie loose and but it's not really a cool vest it looks like from a suit that your dad had or something <laughs> no it was fully picked out for the special it was I know, uh <laughs> I, know, I did that too i have a history of bad haircuts and bad fashion choices. yeah it's it's not great now i feel like i'm that's okay but no, um, you seem to level leveled off <laughs> thanks i but, stopped uh you know trying so hard now just but after <laughs> montreal so you settle into new york no after montreal i moved to la 
And then, um, but weren't you in New York doing comedy? I was. I was. It was weird because I was in. I was just basically back and forth a lot because my parents were in Stanford. So I'd be in Boston and then I, I would drive into the city to sure. do spots. Like yeah. I got passed at the comic strip. <laughs> yeah. Lucian Hold, you know, came over. He's like, you could be good here. So I would yeah. like drive in and do the check spots. He liked you because you weren't angry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And then uh, and then same with like the Settler Cellar, like all those places I just started performing. So I just didn't want to give up not being able to perform there. Right. So I just started driving back and forth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anyone. Sure. I can do any spot you want. Yeah. Like, don't sleep. <laughs> what am I driving. doing? Yeah. Now I'm in North Haven. Yeah. So you did that. I did that. And, uh, and then I, mo- then I moved here and then I, then, and then I basically was performing and trying to write. I, w- I was interested in writing, you know, like interested in writing scripts and you stuff. You were? Yeah. And you actually did it. And I actually did it. So you didn't have any drug problems. No, I no, I was before I went to Emerson. Yeah, there was a girl I knew from Connecticut. Yeah, who went to Emerson and yeah. immediately got hooked on heroin. So I was like completely in Boston. In Boston at so, that era. Yeah. Wow. So I was very That's ambitious. I was very stressed <laughs> yeah. about heroin. heroin. <laughs> So when I first went to Emerson, I didn't. Uh, I was first in school. I wasn't doing anything, and then I slowly began just like smoking pot constantly. And then yeah. I was I was pretty much high, a lot of the early aughts, just right. constantly high. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. But I didn't get deep into anything. the heroin. Scary. So, but you were able to get the work done. That somehow or another, here's the fucking problem. And this is was let's get to the resentment issue. So. Like you were able somehow, like you you were gung ho. You were doing the comedy. You were doing the road. You fucking you know you were in it to win it and fucking be the comic guy. But somehow or another, you knew that you weren't going to be essentially that, and that this other option was probably good. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. I didn't really know I, when I first started doing it. I wasn't sure what yeah. was going to happen. But right. it was. I was just writing it, and I was like, you know, oh, okay, I'll I'll write a show. I'll be in the show, and I'll, you know, that 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 will be my thing. Well, that was the goal that of was everybody. Goal. Like you want to be the sitcom, the center of a sitcom. Right. Exactly. That. Was, so you're in LA. You're doing stand up. Are you making? But were you getting? What were you headlining? Yeah, I was headlining because I was on a lot of like random MTV bullshit, like in the early 2000s. Oh, so I was so hosting MTV it. things. So oh, I would go that's and like. Why you were annoying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then I was like super high energy. You know, I, I, I was everything you didn't want to see. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you're, you're the things that I, I could have done if I, if I let myself be that pandery. <laughs> and you represented to me some version of me that didn't happen, but I kind of think it should have. But instead, I'll resent you. Right. So, okay. so here I am at Go Bananas bombing with spiky hair. <laughs> Go bananas! <laughs> Go bananas! Where was that place? Cincinnati. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I had yeah. a bad night there. Yep, so did I. <laughs> well, well, one time it went so bad. I think one night it was uh, like I thought I saw. I had one of those things where I thought I saw the light. Yeah. So I just got off. It was going bad, and it was like, thank God I got the light. <laughs> Good night, Cincinnati. And walk yeah, off stage, and the booker minutes. was like, "You did twenty-one minutes." <laughs> Did you, have to, did you have to go back out? Yeah, they're like, you got to go. I was like, uh, sorry, uh, what's up? <laughs> go so, back out. I went there. The guy booked me thinking that I was a huge star because of Air America. Mm-hmm. And he paid me, he made a deal for the fucking insane amount of money. And I sold like 12 tickets. Oh my and God. it was just the fucking worst. Out. Like at the end of it, I'm like, you don't, you don't have to give me all the money. <laughs> He's like, no, I made a deal. I'm like, yeah, but you're never going to work me here again. I'm like, I made a deal. I'm like, all right. Oh my God. And you did 23 minutes? No, I did the whole time. (laughs) I'll do the time. That's one thing I learned. You're going (laughs) to do the fucking time. It might be terrible, but I did it. Got to. Yeah. If anything, I get in trouble for going too long. 
Like I, that, I, that's my. Even if I'm sucking, if I'm sucking, I go longer. I know you love the you love the in between. You love the in between the jokes and people just waiting. I don't know what it is I like, <laughs> but like I think really if if I assess it properly, it's sort of like I don't want them to be able to say that they didn't get their money's worth. Like if if I'm stuck, if I'm terrible, like I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, and it just gets ridiculous. And that, and instead of doing an hour, I do an hour and forty five. None of it good. But they can't. They they're gonna leave going. Like, he tried. He tried. He uh, was he was there for three hours. Yeah, <laughs> we just couldn't get us. <laughs> we held out. There was one night in Orlando where I did. Uh, I gotta I, go there. I don't have good feeling about it. No, it was it was it was it was for Puma, and it was like I don't know if I could say what it was, but they. Uh, <laughs> what, what, is it, was it that bad? <laughs> well, they still associated me, with me with it. And, uh, so <laughs> I wore a, uh, yeah so I went it was like a fashion show thing mm. that they're like we're gonna have you and the same sort of thing they were paying me like too much money especially then to do this yeah. and I got there and they're like hey just so you know it's gonna be like you know there's gonna be 10,000 people and you're gonna come out after this fashion show and you're gonna have to do like a lot of material and you know write a lot of golf jokes so I had like a conference call about golf jokes corporate? which company sent you on this it was, MTV it was it was yeah it was an MTV Puma thing and then I get there so and they're like hey just so you know um, there's only gonna be like 5,000 people and I'm like okay that, that's fine and they're yeah. like you still got the, jo- the the golf jokes i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they, they they put me on a bus i get i get to the they get to the they do. i get to the orlando airport or whatever yeah. and they're like hey just you know there's like you know there's like uh like we're hoping like 1500 people here now you know yeah, so yeah. just i'm like cool cool i get back i get backstage and there's all these people just naked putting on puma like clothes for the fashion show yeah and uh and then i i go i get right to the the, the rope or whatever, right, right by the curtain yeah and the stage manager's like there's 200 people outside so just have fun and i was like <laughs> okay 10,000 to 200 yeah. and i go out stage and i'm like hello Orlando and I yeah. realize I'm on a catwalk yeah. so I put my set list of my like jokes that I wrote about like t- Tiger Woods yeah. or whatever the hell it was on the stool and I walk all the way down the catwalk and I'm like hey Orlando how's it going and it's just fucking dead silence like no one wants to be there and I was like I got some jokes and then I realized all my jokes were on the stool so I just quickly like slowly head up the runway just walking very quickly and I grabbed the joke and it was had some terrible Buick jokes and it was terrible and it was one of those things where I was like they're not gonna pay me and then I got some email like on Monday being like, thank you so much. We all loved it. And I was like, you guys weren't there, but I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, those are the worst. <laughs> but did they pay you? They paid me. Those are the, those were terrible. Yeah. Oh my God, man. I used <laughs> to do, like when you do, when I worked for Comedy Central, you know, they would want you to represent the network or whatever, right? Yeah. So they'd be like, you know, so-and-so from promotions uh, is going to contact you about this show that maybe you have, they want Comedy Central talent for the advertisers. So you go do those things and they're never good. No, it's it's oh, always it's always bad. You always feel bad. Yeah, not not great. So you're dressed up in puma and, and <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm just bombing in a puma hat. <laughs> you walk with the money, and then your agents go like, "I heard it went great." Like, who'd you fucking talk to? <laughs> yeah. There's no way that went great. Um, and they don't even give a fuck. Oh, I'm like drafting an apology email. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> And right when the other one comes through, yeah. good job. Like, oh, good. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Can't yeah. we do it again? Yeah. The worst. <laughs> Terrible. So, all right, so you're out here. You're you're headlining. You're going back and forth. You're doing club work. But what? You you don't draw, or you do? You draw a little bit? Like, you draw people? Like oh, did at that, n- oh, yeah. No, at that, no. At, like, in your heyday? In, no. In, at the peak of it? In the At the peak of your face or mine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that was that an MTV show? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I feel like at, at the peak, I'd go to that. Remember that terrible club, Deja Vu Comedy Club? Yeah, where was that? Yeah, uh, like middle of it was in the middle of Missouri. Yeah, oh, yeah. like I don't think I did that. One. Yeah, it was it was it was not great. And I would go there, and people would show up, and I'd be like, I got a demo. <laughs> yeah, 
Really? Those are your people? <laughs> Those are my people. Just like so you, you would be put on the road. Yeah, we put on the road as like MTV. But you, yeah. And then, but it, 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 it was, it was fine. You know, right. I, I was still doing lots of colleges. I did the college humor tour. That was like where I would do a lot of stuff. And so you were, you were a successful NACA act. Um, yeah, I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty successful. I'd, so you go do the Queen show thing and they, you know, a bunch of colleges would be like, we want him to come to our school. Exactly. And then I go and not be clean and then they, you know, be upset. Mad. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? I'm, I've been doing comedy for like six years. You want me to do an hour clean? I have to curse a lot. <laughs> Talk about my dick or something. Yeah. Right. For an hour. Yeah. How right. am I going to close? How am I going to close? I, I got to, cl- I have a giant condoms joke that I have to close with. Or else it's not going to go well. No one is going to know it's over. I've been perfecting my tequila fall. It's got to happen. Dick Doherty says I got to keep falling. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then it was actually uh, Whitney Cummings because we were uh, both like writing pilots, and she was like, "Hey, if 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 my show gets picked up, would you want to like help me, you know, punch it up?" Because we always sort of wrote wrote jokes together and stuff. Me, and really? Whitney. How'd yeah. you know Whitney? Just from stand up in L.A. We you know we were Are we you became the same friends. Generation, kind of, kind of like I you know she started like she started like after me. Yeah, but um, we became you know we just became friends. How and, old are you? I'm 38. Hmm. Yeah, we're around the same age. right? Yeah, and yeah. We, we we hosted a show together at M Bar. We we became like really good friends. Oh, M Bar. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, and then she was like, "Hey, I'm doing this. I have this pilot, Two Broke Girls, and I have, I'm doing a show, Whitney. If it uh, if them if they get picked up, would you want to help me do it?" And I was like, "Sure. I mean, let me know." And then yeah. I just and then the shows got picked up, and I worked on her first show, Whitney. And uh, then you picked the wrong one. I picked, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> That's where she was. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, and then I went there, and yeah. then that was the first time I was ever in a sitcom writers room ever. And I was like, oh, this is a whole. I did not know what this was, and I was still like doing random colleges. Like that first year of being in a sitcom room, I was I'm still Whitney. yeah on yeah. Whitney. I was still like traveling. I was like doing some stupid Red Bull thing. I was she, like, but she didn't know much either, did she? She had never really been in a room no. before, had she? Mm-hmm. So she wrote this thing and. She was learning on the fly as well. At least you had a, a peer in the situation. Yeah, like at least I knew what she thought was funny. I mean, yeah. I didn't know like how at, at all how a sitcom is run. So at who that was point. in the room? Who was running the show? Who was running? Betsy Whitney? Thomas was running Whitney. Oh, okay. Um, and there, and it was just really, uh, it was it was a crazy experience because it was that thing that you hear about you know it's like every week they'd want to change what the show was about it should be about a friend it should be about a relationship it should let's have so it was a, it, there was problems immediately yeah and what was, you're saying yeah it was just it was difficult and she was and it was know, on the air it was on the air yeah it was like, on nbc it was on nbc yeah and it was like it was a delia was the love interest yeah delia was the love interest and yeah. it was just uh and it was just like this intense sort of i remember when it was happening yeah there was billboards everywhere and it was like yeah because i think she asked me to play a part of a psychiatrist in one of the episodes, and I was like, nah. "Yeah, you said no." Yeah, yeah. I well, I couldn't do it, but I was like, I really didn't do any of that kind of work. And and at the point I was at then, because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, right. Was well, it five, six years ago? No, I think it was like it was. No, it was like nine or ten years ago. But I was already in the podcast. I was already doing the podcast. Yeah. I remember. And I was sort of like, do I do I need to do that? I don't need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, was it like one season? It was one, se- no, two seasons. Yeah, one was one that one season. Just was didn't, shorter. it didn't take, didn't take. But it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a really good experience for me just watching it all sort of go down and sort of like, you know, I went from just seeing her friend and just sort of like being there for her and sort of watching like how a sitcom is gets yeah, made, you right. know. And it was just uh, now you don't speak to her and uh, <laughs> yeah, we are we we had a horrible falling out. No, I still talk to her all the time. But um, so you guys went through that together, but you were able to see, you know sort of the i i would say the experience outside of learning how to be in a writer's room or how these things are structured you the more important lesson you realize was 
who's in control, how things can go wrong, yeah. what happens when they do go wrong. You know, how do you handle it? How does your friend Whitney handle it? Yeah. And uh, so that was so it was a baptism in fire, really. Oh, yeah. And then I then from there, then then Mulaney called me and he's like, hey, I'm going to do it go through it twice. <laughs> right. Yes. So then he's like, hey, uh, my show got picked up. Come come help me. And uh, and then we did that show. And it was like sort of like the same thing again. But uh, almost like the weird thing about that Mulaney show is almost like he didn't. It was almost like it was happening to him. Yeah. Like it just seemed like it was ill fitting from the get go. No, I, I, no? I, well, I think what it was, was it was, it was a show on NBC and then it, it, had, it was, there was notes to make it a certain way and then didn't get picked up and then Fox took it and he sort of did, did a version of what I think he wanted it to be. And then we started making it and we were in like a real bubble making the show because it never at aired Fox. at Fox. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, you know, he's the funniest person ever. We, we, it, yeah. it was so much fun, yeah. you know, making that show. How many did, ran at NBC? No, none, just the pilot. Okay. And then they picked up. 16 episodes at Fox and uh-huh. then we were just making these episodes and uh and we thought what went wrong well I I don't I mean I just think it just was not like it wasn't like super clear what the show was I think looking back you know uh-huh. it, was, it was really funny yeah um but I think it was just I don't know people didn't get into it and it was it just didn't work and then okay. they pulled it from the air but it was again, again, I was like there sort of, I had like a better sense of how, how these things ran then. So I was yeah. sort of like more like producing it with him and sort yeah. of being like, let's do this, let's do that. Um, but it's still, you know, it's, it's was so intense. And huh. then I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Because like, was it, was it misunderstood or you guys weren't putting together what you wanted to put together? That's what I'm trying to understand. Like, was the show that was being presented on Fox, the show that you guys wanted it to be? I mean, I th- at that time, yes. I think looking back, we probably should have made it differently. Oh. But in in that moment, you know, we were making, you know, a mu- the problem is, I think when you're making a multicam like my show is, like it's like those. It's like the old. It's an old school format, you know. Yeah, so sure. it's like, you know, you 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 want to make a show that it's an easy, digestible format, you know. So whenever you try to do anything that's not that in that format, it gets yeah. confusing, right? And I think that sort of was the lesson, you know. Yeah, because that format is hard to, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So it's hard to sort of be, you know, change it, you know, yeah. to do anything outside of it. Like the most it. you can do with that format, Seinfeld did. Right. And they had a lot of money and yeah. a lot of sets. Yes. So if you don't have that, you do what you do. Yeah. And it's also, you know, there was more more room to like figure things out, you know, in the you know in the 90s and stuff too. You know, it's like, I feel it like- It all comes down to money. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess it's, but the, the truth of the matter is it's- it's fucking vaudeville, dude. Mm-hmm. You got three sets, and you know it's a joke delivery system. So figure out how these characters are going to be at least believable as caricatures of whatever they are, and then write them jokes. Exactly. That's what on <laughs> on my show. I'm always like, here's my notes: louder, faster. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and one time, Fran was like, "You just keep saying louder, faster." I'm like, "I know. That's what I want it to be. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> it's just a Jewish family just talking at each other. So let's yeah. just do that." Yeah. Interesting. So. All right, so you then you get after Whitney and Mulaney. Now you're like a writer guy. Yeah, and then I you're was in. like, then you I was in stand up, really. Yeah, so then don't you, need it anymore. So I, yeah, I don't. I stopped. I stopped performing. Like I definitely stopped going on the road. Except I did a, I did a special in between then. Um, in between what? In between that and the Goldbergs, and I and I in did, between Mulaney and the Goldbergs. Yeah, ish, like a you know like or I forget 2016. So then I did. I don't know where you did a special. So you I did, just had to get it out. Yeah, I, yeah, I did a CISO special, which probably you know, remember CISO, R.I.P. Terrible, terrible, another terrible so, decision. So someone, because Whitney said they're giving away money, 
Go 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 to CISO. Right. No no no. Yeah. Basically, I got it. I. It was something, you know, as a comedian, it's always something I really wanted to do. Oh, you wanted to do the hour special. I wanted to do an hour special. Right. I've been, I've been, you know, writing jokes, you know, forever. Yeah. I have, I, you know. Yeah. So then I was like, I want to do this thing. And, uh, and then I went on like, you know, a 10 week tour and sort of put the special together. And then. Do you I like sh- it? Um, I do like it. I, th- I think it was really. But, uh, but the thing that I remember about CISO is like, it just went away and people were like, do we get our stuff back? No. Where's it, the stuff? I should have known. I had like a conference call with them, like, you know, before the, it came out. And then, and I remember one of the executives was like, sorry, I'm late for the call. Just dropped my kids off. Uh, hey, Dan, uh, it's crazy. You, you have kids? And I'm like, my whole fucking special is about kids. <laughs> this is not going to go well. <laughs> So, so the, the main guy didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it was already going down the drain. It was. I, I guess they were. I think they were already like you know pulling down the cubicles as our conference call was going on. <laughs> Can you hear that, Dan? Yeah, yeah. We're moving. We're moving. Where? Downsizing. Oh, oh did Apple buy you? No, no, no. Who bought you? Uh, no one. We're gonna um just close everything. Okay. Can I get my special back? No. Um. Where will it be? Nowhere. Um. Okay. Gotta go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Wait, uh, wait, but I, I asked every comedian to tweet about it, please. It's very annoying to text so, people. So it didn't even air? No, it aired. Okay. It totally, it totally aired. It was on CISO, which is a streaming thing, right? It was, yeah, it was a streaming thing. And then it all went away. And then it was done. And then I was like, well, that was a, I'm glad that I, you know, went on the road for 11 weeks with a three month old You got paid baby. for it though. Oh yeah, I got paid. But and, now uh, with the special, do you- So do you, much money too. CISO was just giving me so much money. They didn't give you a lot of money? No. Did, do you, do you have a copy of the thing? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. I have a. I have, I'll sell it to you as my trunk. So eventually, you can just like throw it up somewhere. No. Can yeah. You? Yeah. I think on so. YouTube or whatever. Yeah, and it's then funny. Under a different name. Like I don't know how that got up there, but yeah. you can go watch it. Yeah. Exactly. It was so weird. Someone someone pirated the Dan Levy Lion CISO special. <laughs> someone is a hardcore Dan that's, fan. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Well, I guess I'll watch it. It's live on Facebook. <laughs> Do that. Yeah. It only take me ten years to figure out how to upload it. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so so after that you, who hires you for the goldbergs so adam goldberg uh you know, so that's the other tie-in like um i know the other adam goldberg right so yeah. i don't know the other daniel levy right but i do know the other adam goldberg and it's the bane of his existence right it used so, to be not so much anymore yeah and you guys wrote it in to fuck with him i don't think that was nice but what are you gonna do so I, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> you knew it was happening yeah um yeah <laughs> and uh yeah, and then that was um, yeah. So then, I, then Adam called me, and then he was like, uh, "My buddy Steve was like, you know, you should bring on Danny's funny." He was looking for like, you know, just some funny people to bring on the show. How long did you write on the Goldbergs for? Uh, three seasons. And who's Adam Four Goldberg? Seasons. Where'd that guy come from? He's a writer. He was you know writing movies and TV shows. And oh, okay. Then, and then he had the show. So he's and just, so you're working with Jeff Garland a lot. Yeah, Jeff Garland all the time. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I work with him, and then I see him. You know, Jones on Third. So yeah. I see a lot of Garland in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the, the restaurant. Yeah, the restaurant. There's a restaurant. He's Jones. At. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's still around, Jones. I th- yeah. 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 And um, but CISO uh, bought it, and then uh, <laughs> so we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Come but, to uh, CISOs. <laughs> Restaurant <laughs> where they just have five TV screens over the bar yeah. running all their specials. And, yeah. you know, that's the, where you can see it. Yeah, oh, you have to go to the bar at CISOs. Yeah, that, that, that's what something I would fucking do. Someone would be like, hey, the people who own CISO are opening this restaurant. You want to invest? They, they they love you. They they loved your special. They know it's all about your kids. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah let me. <laughs> that sounds great. Can I eat there whenever I want? Yeah. yeah, they'll have a table for you every time. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it is cool. 
So you do that for three years and you're like, I'm going to leave. I got an idea. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. Well, during that time I kept on, you know, I was trying to get my own thing going. So I would like, you know, pitch shows and, you know, I wrote, wrote a you... show last the year before that, before the show happened, I had another show that I wrote that didn't make. Before the new one. Yeah. So which one, what was that called? That one was, oh my God. Looks like you've done some acting here and there too, eh? Oh yeah. I played Fedora guy. Yeah, I've played a uh, cool I'm... therapist on- on Whitney? On Atypical. Oh, because I think I was supposed to be the therapist on Whitney. Yeah, it was on Atypical. Oh, no. And the uh, Fedora guy was on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yeah, and then I play a comedian on my show. <laughs> I play uh, Annoying Cousin Dan. Oh, really? Who's inviting people to his comedy shows. <laughs> 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 Got to write yourself in. <laughs> yeah, why not? So, Indebted. Yes. The one you tried to sell before this was called what? The one I tried to sell before this, I forget. I think it was it was this untitled Dan Levy. And what was it? That was, was the angle. That was based on um, just me and my wife and our young kids, and it was just like a, a family show. Just and they were like, well, we've seen this before. Yeah, what is this? I mean, who are you really? It doesn't seem like you're ill-defined. Yeah, what? what and then what? you said, but I got a vest. I got, I got a vest. <laughs> I got I got I got a point of view. <laughs> and uh, and indebted. So we discussed sort of the foundation of this, and these yes. are really kind of like your parents. And Stephen Weber was he your first choice? Um, yeah, well, he he yeah yeah because he he they audition they auditioned dad, so I knew uh-huh. yeah we wanted him yeah, and that and he knows how to do these three camera things. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, I mean him and Fran <laughs> together done like five hundred episodes. So like talking to them about like being on the Paramount lot in the nineties, yeah. right? Wings, yeah, and he he really is like a true like version of like my dad. It's, uh-huh. it's pretty great. Now, so tell me now that your your dad's uh, his buddy Steve's not working on the show. <laughs> he, no, he's not. He's not involved. <laughs> he's not involved in this project. I will say though, it, Steve's big thing is with my dad. They sneak onto lots, and when we were writing Mulaney, like yeah. it was a very obviously a very stressful situation. There was one moment in the middle of the day when we we're like trying to figure out yeah. how, what the hell to do. Steve and my dad bust in the writers' room, and Steve is wearing a Hawaiian shirt and holding his camera, and he's yeah. like. Uh, Wizard of Oz was filmed here. We're like, see what the who? Everyone's like, who is this guy? <laughs> is he like a psychotic Mulaney stalker? And, and, it, and your dad was there too. Yeah, yeah. My my dad is the king of like just like finding ways into places and being like, hey, uh, there's no security at this uh, this comedy show. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Please take your seats. And he's also the guy that called up your college agent to tell yeah. me to not. Exactly. He seems like you tolerate a lot with this guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My, and and when when I was flying, I used to meet him at airports. You yeah. Know? And uh, and he just you know just constantly screams at everyone you know so he would there was one time <laughs> this is in, this is kind of an insane story but I was he was very big on like you know getting on like you know upgrading that was yeah. his big thing he's like sure. make sure you get there put your name on a list is your name on a list every day he'll be like is your name on a list do you have the go go Wi Fi password so he always texts me or my brother yeah. in the air got the go go like okay dad <laughs> we'll contact you if we need you <laughs> and. And we're, um, he's like, meet me at Terminal H. We're like in, you know, Chicago together. Yeah, and he's right. like, he's like, I'll walk you to the to Terminal. I'll talk to them for you. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, 25. I could talk to these people. He's like, he's like, uh, Levy. He's gonna, he won't put him on the upgrade. He's a, he's executive platinum flyer. He's so proud of that. Yeah. So I think he was more proud of me at being executive platinum flyer <laughs> than, than he is in my own TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A million miles. So you're flying. an American. Usually, yeah. Okay. So all right, so he's proud, multi platinum, <laughs> yeah, 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 gets you in. Yeah, and so then, what's the story? You and I'm like, airport. I want to get it upgraded, and uh, and they're like, okay, sorry, there's no upgrade list. And he's like, he's executive platinum. 
And I was like, um, yeah, well, like, the sorry, sir. And he's like, just so you know, he's flying around the country. Like, he's, like these people give a shit about right, me. Like, right, yeah. He's a comedian, and, uh, you know, he, you can put on the upgrade list. And they're like, sorry, sir, we, we can't. And my dad's like, I'm looking. There is there is a spot. They're like, sorry, we can't. And my dad goes, you're the reason for 9-11! And then runs away. And I'm saying they're being like, um... I'm sorry. Uh, he's got some issues, and uh, you could send oh security, God. but I'm gonna go into Hudson and get some sunflower seeds. <laughs> <laughs> so he just ran away. Just ran away. It was the most insane thing that he's ever done. And I always talk to him about that, and he's always like, "Yeah, well, that guy. He could have upgraded you." Oh, does he have mental problems? <laughs> I mean, is he on medicine or just weed? Yeah, no, no. He's he's yeah yeah oh, okay. yeah. He's he's good now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But you always got along with him. It seems like you. Always... Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we got along. I mean, he screamed at me like my whole most of my childhood was him screaming at me. But I in a real way. Yeah, but yeah. I would do stupid shit. So you know, it doesn't was... sound right. Yeah, it's traumatizing. It's very traumatizing. He just, you know, just it would just be like, Dad, what the fuck did you do? But there was things that I did. Like when I was eight, I drove his car through the garage. Like you know, shit that you know would make you go right. crazy. Right. You know? So you kept he, that up. <laughs> Kept that up, <laughs> getting kicked out of Hebrew school. You know, like all all the stuff. That. You yeah, know, whatever. made the Hebrew school teacher cry. Yeah, I threw stink bombs. Oh, yeah. And so you're out <laughs> as a Jew. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I'm Catholic now. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, but now he's like, he's a consultant on the show. <laughs> no, he thinks he is. <laughs> I film them for after every episode. We're going to upload like a video of them talking about, you know, the story of the episode and the how real parents, my real parents. Yeah. And we film that. And that's as far as it goes. But that's a uh, lot. Yeah. He's like, now it's, it's full circle. He's made it. Oh, yeah. He's just got to get Steve involved. Oh, no. I saw I saw, <laughs> I saw the last taping they came to. And I kept telling them, I was like, guys, like, I want you to come to the show. I know it's yeah. exciting, but you can't. You can't be here a lot because I'm very stressed. Like, I'm spiraling, yeah, so yeah. I can't have you just, like, in my space. And they're like, okay, okay. So they come to the last taping. During, like, the, the last scene, I look over, and my dad is, like, on the camera op next to this guy. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? He's like, Boomer's cool. He's going to email me. I'm like, get, it's a union job. I was like, get off the cameras. <laughs> Boom is cool. Yeah, Boomer's cool. Oh, Boomer's, Boomer's cool. Boomer's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, boy, that's a camera what? operator. Yeah, oh, okay. His name was his name. Oh, he was sitting next name. to him, like like on a horse, <laughs> <laughs> like on the camera saddle. Oh boy! So how many episodes you shoot? We shot thirteen. Really? Yeah. So they're all loaded up. Yeah, wish that I'm still editing them. Yeah, but they're ready to go. And Adam, like you guys have a history. Yeah, well, we I knew him just from. Uh, he, I talked to him. He seemed to think you like were friends. Yeah, yeah. No, we're totally friends. Okay, our, yeah. our, our, <laughs> Never spoke to him the entire time. I was like, read these lines. <laughs> um, no, we were we were friendly just through comedy, mm. and then in New uh, York. Uh, no, in in L.A. Oh. And then and then our kids went to preschool together, and then we became like just like dad friends hanging out. Yeah. And uh, I wrote a movie like five years ago or something, and then he read a table read. He read like the yeah. guy, and I was like, this guy's so fucking funny. Yeah. And he already I already knew he was so funny. So then when it got picked up, I was like, you know, can you do this? Are you available? And for uh, this someone for Daddy. this thing, yeah. What happened to that movie? It went nowhere. Oh. Yeah. There's a movie you wrote. Movie I wrote, yeah. How many things have you written that are nowhere? Um, I wrote the movie, I wrote that movie called Plus One. And, and of course this happens to me. I wrote a movie called Plus One. Yeah. It was like Yorma, you know, Lonely Island, Yorma yeah. Dacone. He was going to direct it. It was like, gonna, we did a table read. It was a whole thing. And then it didn't happen. And then like three other movies came out called Plus One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I love show business. Yeah. And then I wrote triplets. 
the oh. sequel to Twins. Uh-huh. And that- Was with Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and another guy? And Eddie Murphy. Oh. And I got to say, you know what? I So, and I had to pitch them, you know, to, to get them into this movie. Were you being paid to write this, or this was your idea? No, I was getting paid to write. Yeah, yeah. I was getting paid to write. It was like a, you know, we, we pitched on it. Yeah. And then we got, you know, Ivan Reitman signed off on the pitch, and then yeah. we pitched it to, went to Arnold Schwarzenegger's house. Yeah. Pitched it to him, and that was an insane experience. Yeah, and he's like, you was know, he governor? He was not governor. Yeah, and uh, but he was his essence was insane. You know, really? Yeah, just like you know, this is a guy whose like voice has been in my head since I don't even ever. Yeah, and he is wearing like Lululemon. And he looks yeah. older, and he's eating chicken. He's like, I heard you're so funny. I'm like, no way. You see my CISO special? <laughs> There's no way you know that I'm funny. And then we like sit down, and he's petting. Um, his Labrador Retriever yeah. as I'm pitching him the movie and yeah. I look up and there's an oil painting of him petting the same Labrador Retriever and I was like, <laughs> my life is insane. I'm pitching with my, my buddy Steve Bazelon and then we are like getting to the end and Steve has like the memo- like the emotional part, like emotional part of triplets, but like yeah. the part, you know, whatever it was and uh, in the middle of that, like Arnold's really looking at us he's like, okay, this is real good and then a fucking horse walks in the kitchen <laughs> named Whiskey. A horse? Uh, an actual like horse animal and, and he stands up and he goes, Whiskey, what are you doing? You're ruining the pitch and we're like what is what <laughs> and we're just everyone's like uh, all his other people are just like nodding like okay yeah whiskey's here and we're like no 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 it's a horse in the house and then he brings it back down and then he sits and he's like i'm so sorry you know whiskey and we're like no we don't know whiskey but we'll keep on pitching and then after that um we're walking out and ivan's like what an interesting guy right and i'm like there's a horse at this pitch guys is no one gonna bring this up and then, ivan was there with you yeah yeah uh-huh. they were all there and then we had to pitch dane devito and, uh, and he's he, a great guy. He's great. He was great. He was the least interested. He was like, why do you want to do this? And we're like, uh, I don't know. Can we pitch it to you? And we pitched him the entire movie. And he had a, he had like a long goatee at the time. And he yeah. was so funny. He like was like really thinking about it. And he looks at my buddy Steve and he goes, could you just tell me it one more time? And Steve goes, well, what part? He goes, just the, the, the beginning. We're like, the, the whole fucking pitch. <laughs> and then after that, we've had like nine meetings at this point. And then the producer was like, okay, so now you guys, you guys need to get Eddie Murphy or... Or, or else we can't like you know green light it or whatever. Yeah. So we're like, yeah. I was like, this is amazing. And I remember hearing you, you interview Chris Rock, and right. you, you asked him what he talks to Eddie Murphy about, and he said comedy, the comic strip, yeah. all that stuff. So I was like, all right, if I could just get Eddie Murphy to talk about the comic strip, bring up Dennis Wolfberg. And yeah, good, exactly. Yeah. Right. So then um, <laughs> we're sitting there and we're waiting for Arnold. Okay, this is the day. We're in Eddie Murphy's house. It's incredible. I'm like, we're like waiting to go in, and uh, you know, waiting for him. And then I see. We hear his voice and he just goes, oh, the motherfucker's in the house or something like that. And we're like, oh my God, it's fucking Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And he brings into this like amazing room, super high ceilings. Yeah. And, uh, and we're waiting for Arnold. And he's like, I don't know where Arnold is. And we're like, yeah. And it's like trying to kill time. Yeah. And then this executive, Allie Bell, actually looks at Eddie Murphy and she goes, you know, Eddie, uh, Dan, uh, Dan just put out a CISO special, swear to God. So, yeah. so of course, Eddie Murphy, huge CISO fan. Yeah, of course. N- of course, yeah. He's ready. So he was like, oh, comedian? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, you know, um, I uh, I started the comic strip. He's like, the comic strip. And it was just like, it was on. And it was yeah. just like, he was so fucking into it. Yeah. And he started talking about comedy. And he was like, you know, he's like, I want to get back out there. And then, and this was like, it's a couple years ago yeah. now. And I was like, you should do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he was like, I'm thinking about it. He's like, he's like, yeah, it's like, you know, there's just so many good specials and comedy so good right now. And he was just being so fucking funny. And he yeah. was talking about, um, 
uh, you know, just the Dennis Wolfberg. He was talking about Lucian, all yeah. these people. Right. And it was just so awesome. And I was like, oh my God, like I broke through. Like I was talking comedian to comedian. Yeah. And then, um, and then it was the day, this is what year it was. It was a day that um, Donald Trump attacked Arnold because uh, he was the new host of The Apprentice. Okay. That was that day. Before he was president. No, he was president. Oh, right. So Arnold comes in in a cowboy hat. He's like, I'm so sorry I'm late. Could you believe the Twitter storm? And we're like, <laughs> and he's like, you know, Donald, he's obsessed with me. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like, I think I'm like thinking back to like Dick Doherty's comedy. I'm thinking about like my entire life. And I'm Keep like, falling. I am in Eddie Murphy's house pitching him triplets with Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about the comic strip and he is mad because the president who is Donald Trump is attacking him on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, what is my life? <laughs> and then did you pitch to, the, to that, Eddie? Yeah, we pitched it to him and he was laughing and he was like really into it. And then he was like, look, man, you guys seem real funny. And uh, Arnold, I love Arnold. I want to do a movie with him. So, uh, you know, send me the script. If it's funny, we'll do it. And then it was just that classic, like, we rewrote the movie a hundred times and then nothing ever sort of came to it. Huh. But uh, but it was a great story. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to meet Eddie Murphy. And then I saw Chris Rock at the, um, uh, when he did his last tour, I went oh, yeah. to, I went and saw him. And then in front of me was Eddie Murphy. So I was like, should I say something? You know, I don't want to Because say. it's risk. Because what if he's like, who are you? Right. Yeah. So then, but then we got up at the same time. We were exiting. And I was like, it's right next to him. And I was like, Eddie. And like three security guards sort of grabbed, <laughs> grabbed me. <laughs> and I was like, it's Dan, triplets. And he's like, oh yeah, man. Where's that script? And I'm like, I don't know. Great seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> it was equivalent to me seeing you at the Gershwin Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that script? Where's that script? you're being escorted? Yeah, as I'm getting sent to like, you oh, know. Oh, man. That's great, man. Yeah. Good stories. <laughs> so when does, uh, you know, the uh, the show go on? It comes out February 6th. I guess we're doing this in in, in conjunction with that. Right, yeah. I'm this just, is to promote it. It's pr we're promoting it. We're promoting it so much. Is it funny? It's actually... Like I'm honest, honestly, it's funny. It's because yeah. here's here's the thing. I felt like everyone is funny on the show. Well, yeah, and I feel like that's sort of the key to like multicam success. Is like it's got the cast is so good. And who's your guy? Who's writing it? Me. And uh, who's in the room? Who's in the room? <laughs> oh yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, um, Dan Mintz is there. Uh, Teresa Mulligan is there. Annie Mebbin's there. Rupinder Gill is there. Yeah. Um, Stephanie Amante Ritter, um, Jean Cross there. My, my 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 wife Rachel is in the room with Audrey, Annie Mebbin, David Garasio. It's a big room. Yeah, I mean a lot of people were consultants. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people out there are gonna be like, You forgot me. But <laughs> <laughs> I was there on the assistant. I was there. I'm the writer's assistant. I'm there. Oh yeah, Joe Feldman, writer's assistant. Um uh Clay writer's assistant. But uh yeah, we had uh we had we had a good a great it was you know mostly, and you're mostly running women. it? I'm running it. You're the showrunner. I'm the showrunner. This is the first time you've done that? Yeah. It's so intense because so many other, all these other jobs, I was just like, you know, I was the good friend of the creator yeah. who they trusted and I would like, you know, you know, work with them and, you know, and pitch jokes. Yeah, and Whitney. And then Mulaney too. Mulaney, yeah. Right, you know, write jokes with him. We'd work, yeah. we'd work all the weekends on yeah. him and stuff. But when I was in the Goldbergs, it was like, I'd show up and pitch a bunch of jokes and be like, all right guys. And then write a script and then go home and like, you know, it'd be nighttime and I just do my own thing. And then I'd leave, you know. Now, as the showrunner, it's like, oh, like I have to think about everything always, and I'm just yeah. like not sleeping and losing my mind, and kind of realizing why people go crazy. <laughs> right. But yeah. You, but you don't have to be the crazy showrunner who makes everyone else crazy. No. No, I try not to because you know, I've you know, it's 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 not great. Yeah. But if it but if it works, it, you're you're fucking set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> 
it's so different now. I mean, I get if it really works, yeah. it'd be great. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it also could be, you know, I'm also very good aware. Season. Yeah, good give season. me like a good season, everyone. Uh, they're gonna air one and a half episodes. <laughs> but good news, they're gonna stream the the season special on Peacock. Okay, cool. Well, there's a win. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be positive. Wait, yeah, I got. Yeah, that's funny. It's like it, that's like the other joke, the other doctor's joke. It's yeah. like, uh, hey, uh, hey, everybody. Uh, good news. It, it came out great. They're gonna air one and a half episodes, but. On bigger news, my seesaw special, my seesaw special is going to be on Peacock. We don't know what's going to happen with these things, but yeah. it's like the joke uh, you, with the good news, bad news. Yeah, joke, yeah, right? yeah, right. yeah. Do you go to the doctor's office? You, there's good news and bad news. What do you want first? The bad news. <laughs> and he's like, you have cancer. Well, what's the good news? You see that secretary up front? I'm fucking her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A, that was the joke I was kind of modeling. Yeah. After. Had you heard that before? Yeah, yeah. Of course, right? Yeah, come on. For all the jokes. All right. Well, good. So now everything's clear. We're we're okay. We're okay. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Now, do you go? <laughs> do you go to work now? What day? Yeah, is it? I gotta go. Monday. It's, it's Monday. It's Monday. And you go to where? At CBS. Or I NBC? go. To, I go to, go uh, to in in, po, in post. I'm just going to the Sherman oh. Oaks. Just do some editing. I'm just editing now. That's so, it. It's yeah. done. Where it's was done. the soundstage at? Sony. Sony in Culver City. Yeah. Ah. Stage 28 so far. Okay. So hopefully everything will work out. Say hi to everybody for me. I will. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. That was fun. I I got some laughs. I enjoyed talking to that fella, that young fella. Uh, So his show, Indebted, is uh, NBC tonight. It's a funny comedy series. Uh, It premieres tonight, February 6th. 9.30, 8.30 9.30, 8.30 Central. You can go to WTFPod.com slash tour for venue and ticket information for all my winter tour dates that are coming up, me and Dean. Oh, yeah, man. All right, I can't play the guitar because I haven't moved that shit down to the new studio. I hope it sounds okay. It's going to sound a little better when I get some... I'm going to put a little foam on the ceiling. Got to get some foam on the ceiling. Boomer lives! Boomer lives!